Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Imagine a beautiful afternoon. The sun is shining and you get to enjoy it all because you just sat down on your John Deere mower. The smooth ride lets you escape into your yard. Intuitive controls make you feel like you're one with the machine. And with attachments for every season, you can enjoy it all year long. We could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand what it's like to drive a John Deere mower, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Money Girl Podcast, where I help you master your money so you can live rich and love the journey. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance expert and author based in Austin, Texas. As April approaches each year, I seem to get a flurry of tax questions. I really wish our tax system wasn't so complex because it causes many people to kind of give up on understanding some of the basics. And if you overlook solid strategies, either because you're not aware that they exist or because you don't understand the tax rules, it's really easy to overpay each year. So we've got to deal with the tax system that we have and make the most of it. So in this show, I want to highlight some of the best ways to legally shelter your income from tax. I'll explain eight ways to legally reduce your taxable income so you pay less and you can take advantage of some of these strategies or perhaps all of them, no matter how much or how little money you make in order to keep more of your hard-earned money. The show notes, which include resources and several previous podcasts that I'm going to mention, are always on the Money Girl section of quickanddirtytips.com. This is show number 491, called Eight Ways to Legally Pay Less Tax and Save Money. Okay, let's talk about how to save money on taxes. As I mentioned, you can't avoid taxes. But there are ways to legally pay less when you qualify for certain deductions. So the trick is to understand what deductions are out there that you may qualify for, and then to keep records that are detailed enough so that you've got the backup to prove that you are eligible for the deduction. So I want you to try as many of the deductions and tactics that fit your situation. Not all of them are going to apply to you, but if you take advantage of even one of them, it will give you the opportunity to save money. Okay, number one is adjust your tax withholding. And this is something I talked about in last week's show. If you are somebody who gets really excited about receiving a big tax refund each year, that may be a sign that you need to adjust your tax withholding. Getting a refund means that you overpaid during the tax year by giving way too much money to the IRS. They settle your account many months later by sending you your own money back. So I don't know about you, but I would rather keep my own money throughout the year instead of handing it over to the government as an interest-free loan. So when you have bigger paychecks, you can put it to work by beefing up your emergency savings, 
or investing it in a retirement account slowly throughout the year. So if you want to learn more about how to adjust your withholding, you should definitely listen to last week's show, which was number 490, called How to Fill Out a W-4 Plus Seven Reasons to Adjust Your Tax Withholding. I go into a lot more detail there about when and how to update this important tax form to reduce your tax refund and increase your take-home pay. Complete a new form W-4 and submit it to your employer anytime during the year. Number two, claim any unreimbursed job expenses. Do you ever spend money on goods or services related to your job that your boss does not reimburse for you? I know a lot of you probably do. There are a lot of different things we purchase for our careers. So here are some of the ideas that you may be spending money on that you could be getting a tax deduction for. Industry conferences, continuing education, subscriptions to trade publications or industry magazines, dues to professional organizations, uniforms or protective clothing, tools, supplies, safety equipment, business licenses and fees, passport fees for a business trip, gifts for customers, using your vehicle other than for regular commuting, and travel, lodging, and meals related to your work. Unfortunately, many people overlook the fact that the IRS allows you to claim a tax deduction for what are called employee business expenses. These are expenses that are considered ordinary or necessary to perform your job, but that your employer doesn't cover for you. Qualified expenses don't have to be required by your employer to be considered necessary. You make the call about whether an expense is necessary to do your job. Some tax deductions are subject to certain limitations, and that's the case with these types of unreimbursed job-related expenses. You must meet two requirements to claim them. The first is you must file taxes on Form 1040, and itemized deductions on Schedule A. I'll put a link to Schedule A on the notes for this show. Basically, it's a one, maybe two-page form that details all of the different types of expenses. And if your itemized deductions add up to be more than a certain amount, more than what's called the standard deduction, then it makes sense to itemize them. You would enter job-related expenses in the section of Schedule A titled job expenses, and certain miscellaneous deductions. It's a whole section there devoted just for these types of costs. Now, the second requirement is that you can only claim the amount that exceeds 2% of your adjusted gross income. Let me give you an example. Let's say your income is $50,000. So 2% of that is 1,000. What that means is only the amount above $1,000 would be tax deductible. So if your job-related expenses total $2,500, you could deduct the amount over $1,000. So you could deduct $1,500, but not the full amount of $2,500. So if your total expenses were less than 2% of your adjusted gross income or less than $1,000 in this example, you don't get to claim them. If you fall short of having enough expenses to meet the 2% threshold, try to delay paying as many as possible until the following tax year. So this is known as bunching your deductions. When you bunch up your deductions in a single tax year, instead of spreading them out over two years, that can help you qualify to claim them and save more money. 
Or if you know that you'll have plenty of job-related expenses to qualify for the deduction in the current year, you could prepay some expenses for next year when it's possible. That means you'll probably qualify for a tax deduction every other year, but that's better than not qualifying for a tax deduction in any year. The type of expenses that I mentioned that could qualify you for this tax deduction are not a complete list, so check out IRS Publication 529 to learn more. There are more limitations on certain types of expenses, such as meals and entertainment, and you can learn more about those in IRS Publication 463. So if you have frequent or high expenses related to your job that come out of your own pocket, speak to a tax accountant about the best way to document them so you can use them as legitimate tax deductions. The third way to cut your tax bill is start a business. No matter if you want to create a tech startup that revolutionizes the world or you wanna just do a little freelancing work on the side, having a business is a great way to shelter more of your money from taxes. For instance, if you start building websites or offering services as a virtual assistant, reasonable business expenses might include the cost of a computer, accounting software, and office furniture. If you're a rideshare driver, you could deduct a portion of your car payment, insurance, and cell phone bills. As long as you're trying to profit from your business, and it's not just a hobby, you can turn some of your personal expenses into allowable business deductions. Number four is take the home office deduction. If you operate a business from home, you're eligible for even more money-saving tax deductions. You can claim a home office deduction whether you rent or own your home and no matter if it's a full-time gig or just a part-time venture. Maybe you use a portion of your bedroom, you use a large walk-in closet or even a detached garage to do work, store inventory, or meet with clients. You can deduct 100% of expenses that directly affect the areas of your home used for business, such as repairs or installation of internet. But you can't deduct expenses that are completely unrelated to your home office, like remodeling other parts of your home or putting in a pool. Those don't qualify. But you will have indirect expenses for your office that you would incur whether you had a home office or not, like maintenance, insurance, utilities, and real estate taxes and depreciation if you own your home. For these indirect expenses, you are allowed to deduct a certain amount based on the size of your office as a percentage of your home, either using a standard or a simplified calculation method. Let me give you an example of the standard method. If your apartment is 1,000 square feet and you use a spare bedroom and bath to do your home office work that's 120 square feet, then you have a home office space that's 12% of your apartment. So with the standard method, that would allow you to deduct 12% of your total indirect expenses as business use. Now, starting in 2013, the IRS introduced a simplified method to calculate your home office deduction. And for this simplified method, all you do is multiply your allowable square footage by $5. In general, you can only claim a maximum space of 300 square feet. So that caps your total deduction at $1,500 per year. So if your office space is bigger than 300 square feet, 
or the deduction would add up to more than $1,500, you'll come out ahead using the original standard method. And what if you're an employee, but you also work from home? Now, there are special rules if you are an employee. Let's say you work from home because you simply don't have the option to go to a local office. In that case, you can also claim a home office deduction. For more details, check out IRS publication number 587. And if you're interested in making money from home, you might want to check out a previous show called How to Make Money from Home, which is podcast number 383, and another show called Financial Advice for Entrepreneurs Starting a Business, which is episode number 406. Okay, the fifth way to cut your tax bill and save more money is contribute to retirement accounts. One of the very best ways to protect your income from taxes and accumulate wealth for the future at the same time is to contribute to one or more retirement accounts. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Hey there, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics Radio. Every week, host and best-selling author Stephen Dubner dives into the hidden side of business, economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why the best employees can make the worst bosses, and how whales went from being economic engines to environmental icons. If you're a curious person looking to better understand the world around you, you'll find everything you're looking for on Freakonomics Radio. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we were talking about how retirement accounts work to cut your taxes. There are accounts designed for individuals, such as a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, and many employees have the option to participate in a traditional or Roth 401k or 403b at work. And there are retirement accounts for the self-employed as well. If you are self-employed, check out a previous podcast number 422 called Five Retirement Options When You're Self-Employed. Different retirement accounts come with different rules and annual contribution limits. But what I want you to remember from this show is that traditional accounts give you an immediate upfront tax deduction. You don't pay any tax on traditional contributions or their earnings in the account until you take withdrawals in the future. And the other main type of retirement account is called a Roth, like a Roth IRA or Roth 401k. These have an opposite tax structure from traditional accounts because you do pay tax up front on your contributions. But you get a big benefit later on when you take withdrawals of contributions and earnings in retirement that are completely tax-free. If you want to learn a little bit more about the pros and cons of different types of retirement accounts, I created a handy one-page reference tool called the Retirement Account Comparison Chart. I think it will help you understand the different types of accounts that you can choose from. You can get the download by visiting the notes for this show on the Money Girl page at quickanddirtytips.com or just send me a text message. 
Text the word RETIRE, R-E-T-I-R-E, text RETIRE to the number 33444. Again, text RETIRE to the number 33444, and I'll send it to you right away. Number six, contribute to medical savings accounts. There are two really popular savings accounts for healthcare expenses. They are a flexible spending arrangement, or FSA, and a health savings account, or HSA. An FSA can only be offered by employers. You and your employer can make contributions that are tax-free if they're spent on qualified medical and childcare expenses by a certain deadline each year. But an HSA has different rules, and anyone who has a qualified, high-deductible health plan, either through an employer or on your own, is eligible for an HSA. Now, these two accounts have some similarities. An HSA is kind of like an FSA, except that it does not have a spending deadline. So any unused funds that roll over from year to year in your HSA can eventually be used like a retirement account after age 65. Both accounts are fantastic vehicles to shelter your out-of-pocket medical expenses from taxes. To learn more, check out IRS Publication 969. And I talked more about these accounts in a previous podcast called Seven Ways to Save on Healthcare and Fitness, which is episode number 413. The seventh way to cut your taxes is become a homeowner. In addition to being a real shelter, real estate is actually a powerful tax shelter as well. When you purchase a home for your primary residence, you cut taxes the year you buy it, every year that you own it, and even on the back end when you sell it. Homeowners can deduct costs like mortgage points that are paid on a loan. You can deduct mortgage interest, private mortgage insurance, and property taxes from your taxable income. And if you tap into your home's equity with a loan or a line of credit, you may also be able to deduct some of the interest you pay on that debt as well. And if you decide to sell your main home and you've lived there for at least two years, you get to keep up to $250,000 of capital gains or profit on the sale tax-free. If you're married and file a joint tax return, double that amount for an impressive half a million dollars that you get to keep tax-free. To learn more, check out show number 407 called Three Real Estate FAQs for Buyers, Sellers, and Investors. And number eight, my last tip for cutting your taxes and saving more money is hire a tax professional. While hiring a tax pro does cost money, it's typically not as much as you think. It's been my experience that it is one of the best ways to save. A good accountant can find additional tax deductions or credits that you're eligible for that can help you make good decisions and keep you organized so that you never pay more tax than you should. Check out podcast number 397 called Six Tips for Finding a Trustworthy Financial Advisor. This show is about your questions and the financial challenges you may be going through right now. I also created a thriving community of thousands who are taking their financial game to the next level. It's my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. The group is a great place to hang out and chat about simple questions or even a big financial dilemma that you may be facing. To request your invitation, visit Dominate Your Dollars on Facebook 
or send me a text message for immediate access. Just text DOLLARS to the number 33444. I hope to see you in the group. You can also reach me directly through my contact page at lauradadams.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.